Have you ever felt stuck or overwhelmed when it comes to lesson planning, specifically project-based learning? It's a lot of work. And I know, based on experience as a classroom teacher and K-5 STEM teacher and coach, it takes a lot of time and careful planning to create these meaningful experiences for students. I had a great conversation with Jeff Imrich, the co-founder of Rock by Rock. We were definitely on the same wavelength and had a meaningful conversation as to what learning can look like in STEM and engagement in the classroom and beyond. Jeff is a former teacher and has spent his career teaching kids and partnering with teachers and parents to rethink how we design schools and support teacher professional development around the country. He believes deeply that teachers are the key to student success and that their jobs are huge and that they need better support to make the job easier and more enjoyable. Jeff and his co-founder created Rock by Rock to empower teachers with the tools they need to do real-world projects without starting from scratch. Their platform provides fully planned projects with a real-world mission, diverse virtual experts, rich information text, videos, games, and a culminating project that empower kids to help make change in the world. There are a lot of key points in this interview that I am sure you're going to resonate with, and the mission of Rock by Rock is one that definitely aligns with my STEM philosophy in the classroom. I can't wait for you to listen. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Thank you, Jeff, so much for being here today. We were chatting a bit before, and I can just already tell this is going to be a very fun interview. You have a lot of great stuff that our audience is going to be excited about. We have mainly STEM teachers who listen, but I know we have a lot of classroom teachers who are here or ones who might be interested in teaching STEM or just teachers who want to learn more about it. So I'm just really excited to have you today. So just if you wouldn't mind telling us about yourself your teaching background, and also about Rock by Rock and its mission. So it's a whole thing you're telling us about. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, first, uh, Naomi, I'm super excited to be here to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Just the experience getting today has been amazing. So I'm excited for our conversation. I started out as a teacher. I've taught first through seventh grade and sort of in various settings. And for the last About six or seven years, I've been working with teachers and parents and kids and schools to try and think about like, you know, if we could redesign school to help more kids get to and through college and have access to career pathways, what would we do building like on all of the lessons we've learned? And one of the biggest takeaways, and this is not going to be surprising for you, (laughs) is that when kids are doing like real world, authentic projects, and they're like, what I'm learning has a purpose, it's like, the air is electric. It's like this magical feeling. You walk into a classroom and you're like, yes, right? Like this is what learning should be like. And so in the schools and programs that we, my co-founder and I were working on, you know, we, we heard a lot from our teachers about things like, you know, our kids love teaching, are learning this way. We love teaching this way. It's just really hard planning this type of project, like a deeper learning project-based learning project with speakers and a take action project and all of these different resources, it's like really hard to plan from scratch. And so we thought, gosh, like there's got to be a way to make this easier for folks. Like, can we provide a toolkit 
that gives teachers a leg up. And so, you know, we empower them with a set of resources that they can use to do real world project based learning in their classroom that like just makes it easier so that any kid and any teacher can do this type of learning. And that's why we started Rock by Rock. And I can tell you a little bit more about what it is and what we offer, but that's kind of the story behind it. I'm really excited about that because I think you're absolutely right. And the questions that I get asked the most, even before I started this podcast, all have to do with lesson planning. And I'm really big on having more meaningful projects, more so than let's just play with robots today and just do some random building. I think it can be more purposeful and still be really, really fun. So I'm really excited to hear more about it and just giving teachers another option because we don't, we're so busy. It doesn't matter what you teach and you know, you taught everything and you don't have time to do all of that or you might not even have the resources or even know the right people like if you're lucky you know someone who does this or maybe they're not even good at presenting <laughs> like that can happen too so i'm really excited you have it all packaged up and all ready to go which teachers really love that yeah and i mean that resonates 100 percent with my own experience you know, you're, it's like 10 o'clock and you're like, what am I doing tomorrow for this hour of the day? And you're like Googling to try and find something. You're like, oh, does this meet the good enough bar? I think so. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. And then you go into class and you're just crossing your fingers. Is this going to work? So our projects are all anchored around empowering kids to solve a real world problem. And they're aligned with national science standards. So kids are learning science content and they're also practicing reading, writing, and listening and speaking skills through the project. And each project also has a social emotional anchor. So empathy, curiosity, creativity, courage, kinship, impact awareness. And the way the projects are set up is that there's standard PBL, right? Because we didn't invent project-based learning. We're just trying to make it easier. There's a driving question. So how can we help prevent traumatic brain injury from bicycle accidents? How can we help improve rainforest conservation? What are the pros and cons of video gaming? And how can we raise awareness about that? And so each project gives kids a challenge. They grapple with content both online and offline. So we have online learning and hands-on. And the online component includes video, interactive video, interactive games. Every project has an anchor text. So there's an informational text that kids are reading to learn more about the topic. And then they go offline and they do experiments, make mini projects, and sort of either explore a phenomena or process what they're learning. And that's to understand like the mission and the core content. And then when they're done with that, they do something to take action. And that might be a graphic design campaign, a letter to Congress, a podcast, a public service video, a mural. And so each project comes with all those resources. And the last thing I'd say is that for our third through fifth grade projects, the projects also feature virtual experts. So when kids are learning about the brain, they're learning from neuroscientist Dr. Jones. And when kids are learning how to make a graphic design, they're learning from graphic designer Maurice Jerry. And so, you know, you're getting sort of the experience of having the expert come to your classroom without having to find that expert. Now, if you've got another expert in your community, by all means, bring them in. But it's a starting point. So that's sort of how our projects are set up. And it's a library because we want teachers to pick the content they need. What are your standards? What are your student needs? What are your student interests? Which project is going to be right for you at what time of the year? We really want this to be giving you lift. And we're trying to set it up in a way that you as the teacher are in the driver's seat about making choices about when, where, and how to use it. 
I love how you have the questions written too. You have them as how can we? So it's not like, can you solve this? Like, I feel like you have it more open-ended because you're not limiting it to one solution. And I can tell you want kids to think of multiple solutions to solve the problem. And that's really project-based learning. Like there's not one answer to this and they might not ever find the answer. It might not even work, but they're thinking about it. And these sound like questions too kids would actually care about. (laughs) Because you want them to be really, in in a way, you do want it to be obscure to pique their interest. And they might not even have any background knowledge, which is even better sometimes because they're more engaged to find out the answers. So I like how you have all the use of like the multimedia, like the text, the videos, the hands-on, the digital, because that's how we as adults learn. We learn using all of this stuff. So you're doing stuff what kids need to know how to do. Yeah, I'm so glad you zeroed in on that because that's exactly it. When you look at, take you and your podcast, right? You are a creator. You are a teacher. You are a content creator. You have a podcast. You run a business. That's what life is like today, right? And projects give kids the chance to build those skills in an authentic way. You're 100% right. Like We really want kids to grapple with the nuance, right? There's a lot of gray area in life right? And there are pros and cons and reasons to do something and reasons not to do something. And we want you to grapple with that. And maybe you have the answer and maybe you don't. But the process of like going through that process of trying to understand, seeking to learn, asking questions, that's where like the real learning happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so funny because I just had a guest a little bit ago and she was talking about SEL and STEM and she mentioned the same things that you're talking about, which is good. That means it's like, this is what we need to be doing. But like working on those soft skills, like you have this project as an avenue into those life skills. That's so nice for teachers too. They they can pick and choose what works for them. So maybe they're a STEM teacher and they know in the classroom with their homeroom teacher, they're going to be working on a specific topic like animal habitats, and then they could do the rainforest one in STEM. So they're not exactly repeating what's done in the regular classroom, but they're extending it in a different project-based learning way, which... It is. Like you said, it's hard. I've done trainings, like been trained on project-based learning. And that was just when I was a third grade teacher. And it takes a long time to make it good. And it does. it's not always good. No, it's <laughs> so yours is done. True. It's true. <laughs> you are singing our song. Like I, I love the way you're thinking about this because what you're describing is exactly what we want teachers to be able to do, right? Like, oh, we're working in a team. I'm going to work on this. You're going to work on that. And now all of a sudden there's coherence across two different sections of our day. We even have you know, teachers who have morning meeting. So we have some teachers who say like, oh, this project has a focus on empathy. Empathy is also going to be the hook for our you know, community circle for the next three weeks. And that way, as you're going through, you know, when you revisit parts of it in ELA or parts of it in STEM, you can also make connections back to the discussions you had in morning meeting. So there are lots of ways that you can actually make this come alive if you've got a springboard instead of you know trying to plan everything out. Yeah. And it shouldn't be isolated. That's like one thing if I were to go back to the general education classroom is just having more of those experiences because there's definitely a place for it. And it helps with behavior too. Like even your hardest kids, they can get so into it and they can really shine. And you're just like triggering talents that you might not know they had or interests you didn't know they had. And so it's just really good to do these. You don't have to do it for every single subject. You can. But it's just good to be doing this. Just you want to be engaging kids. So you have to, you need those engaging materials. 
with those lessons, do you have example lessons? So you kind of mentioned specific topics, but like zoning in on example of lessons that teachers could try using Rock by Rock? Yeah, that's a great question. I want to just respond to something you just said. Oh, yeah, totally. And I'm going to answer your question. Yes. I feel like we're having this like cross-country mind meld in the way you're describing things because when we talk to our teachers, that's that's what we hear, right? Like it's my kids are on fire in motivation. I'm seeing stronger evidence in their writing because they care about what they're writing about. But also I'm making fewer phone calls home because the kids are like really engaged in what we're doing. And we've also heard exactly what you said from some teachers who say, oh, you know, I have a heterogeneous group of kids who are seeing different strengths that they don't normally have a chance to bring to the table. And it's like they're developing this new mutual appreciation for each other because it's like, oh, I, I didn't know you were so good at that. And the other students are like, well, you know, I also haven't had a chance to shine in that way. And so it really is impacting like motivation and classroom culture on lots of levels. And so I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Okay, to answer your question though about (laughs) um, resources, yes, so we have a free trial on our site and you can sign up for the free trial and that gives you access to the entire library. And so in the library, there are two ways to access the content. So there are the full projects, right? So you could say like, oh, I wanna try part of the full project out. So I wanna look at it. And you might do the whole thing. You might try a couple of the lessons in that. You can sort of decide. We also have what we call our mix and match library. And so as I was describing the projects, I was mentioning components. Like there's a text and we call it the zine. There's the virtual field component with the expert. There's the take action project like the podcast or the mural. Those are broken into chunks in our library. So if you said, you know, I already have a project. Like we do a food deserts project every year and I love it, but I would like a way for my kids to have a higher quality output from that project. So I'm going to use your podcasting module, which I should, you know, get tips from you on someday. (laughs) Or I'm going to use your like your mural module. And so you can sort of pick and choose, or you might say, Hey, we're already doing a unit on forces in motion but I'd like a way to make it more relevant. So I'm going to integrate, I'm going to use the Save Our Brains text as a piece of reading in my class. We might not go full on and do the Save the Brains project yet, but that's like an entry point. And so those are sort of the two different ways you can try things out. Oh, that's so cool. And that's really helpful because I feel like with teachers, we have different strengths when it comes to planning. My favorite part is finding the resources, which I know is not people's favorites, but I like it. But sometimes it's hard to think of what the output will be, what type of project, and just getting that inspiration. So that's really nice that you can mix and match. You're like, oh, I never thought about teaching podcasting this way. Like maybe you have done it in the past, but then like using a different resource, you see it in a different lens. You're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Because oftentimes, I mean, I'm an island. I teach by myself. I don't have necessarily a team. And sometimes it can happen with classroom teachers. Maybe you're one who really wants to try something exciting and you're looking for resources and your team's not really on board. So that's really nice that you have that option and teachers can go full on out or just pick and choose what they want. That's so teacher-centered for sure. That is so great. Yeah. And well, I would would just say like, I'm glad that that's resonating because, you know, I've been on the receiving end and involved in like scripted curricula where you get something and it's like, you need to be on this at this minute and this at that minute. You have 30 minutes to teach, but a 50 page lesson plan. And you're just, you're just like, what? 
right? And so we really thought about like, how do we put teachers in the driver's seat? And we developed this with teachers to figure out like, how are you using it? How can this be more helpful? Because there's a lot of curriculum that gives you lift. There's also a lot of curriculum that bogs you down and we don't want to be something that bogs you down. Yeah, I was thinking of the science curriculums I've had in the past. And what's sad too, when I was teaching third grade, we had a certain curriculum and they wouldn't even buy us the updated versions. We had all this stuff and we had to teach the new standards with old curriculum. And it was boring. We had to find things anyway. And then some teachers don't like teaching science because they're like, it's boring. I'm like, well, it's actually not boring, but... It's just nice just to have it all together. It's updated. You have worked with teachers, which not a lot of curriculums are like that either. (laughs) They don't see the feedback. So that's really good to hear. And I'm sure you guys update things based on the feedback that you get, just knowing how things are working out, or you might have more examples. So that's really good that you're thinking about us teachers. Yeah, that's 100% right. Like we want feedback from folks, right? And so we want to know what's working. We want to know how you're using it. We want to hear your success stories. We want to be able to broadcast them to other people. We want to know like, what can we do to make it better? But we're also planning on growing the library over time. And so, you know, like one of our, let's save our brains projects I described, we developed that because one of our teachers portraits in Alabama was like, I'm having a really hard time teaching this. And we're like, okay, well, let's talk about this. What would this look like? And that sort of came out of that conversation about something that was hard in the classroom. And so we see ourselves on a learning journey, right? Like, and we want as many people as possible to be on that journey with us so that this is a helpful tool. Oh, it sounds like it. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait to check out all the resources and just not having to feel stuck and just knowing that it's there at your fingertips and to see what will work best. I mean, some units are way more fun than others. So (laughs) it's just great to have that option. Is there a favorite project you have in mind when you're thinking about primary or secondary or ones that have been super popular with teachers that they've absolutely loved? You mentioned a few, but more specific. Yeah, it's a really good question. All the projects have been a labor of love. And so it feels a little bit hard to like pick a favorite. But I will say that a couple of the ones that are being used right now in the fall, like that where teachers are using, and I, I don't know if this is time of year, how things align with the scope and sequence. This is the thing kids are most interested. Like these are things we're trying to learn more about. We have an invasive species project, which aligns with a bunch of ecosystem standards. And the debate question for that is, is it justified to kill one species to save another? Ooh, that's a great question. Oh, thanks. And so we've gotten some good feedback about like the type of discussion kids have been having with that question. And so we sort of take the lens of the invasive pythons in Florida. Also, kids are just fascinated. Like, who's not fascinated by a video of a python wrestling an alligator in the Everglades? So that, that's one that we've gotten a bunch of feedback We'll link on. that in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. We'll link that one in the show notes. Our Save the Rainforest project also has been pretty popular because it's, I think kids really like learning about the rainforest. It's just a fascinating ecosystem. That's been something folks have been really interested in. And the Save Our Brains project. I think for K2, we've heard a lot from folks about the Save the Frogs project. I think frogs are a common species to study. And so we've heard a lot about, we've gotten some photos back of the habitats that kids have designed for their frog habitats and things like that. So that's been pretty popular. And the last one I'll say is we have a K2 project called Ugly Foods and Hungry People. It looks at the standards related to the life cycle of plants and how, you know, we grow food and sustainability. 
but it also looks at how much food we waste as a country and ways that we could kind of think differently about how we approach food, especially given how many folks are hungry. We just heard recently from a school where all of the kids in K2 are doing the Ugly Food Hungry Project, and then they're doing a share table in the cafeteria where all the kids are designing a share table where any food they're not going to eat from lunch, they can put on the table and any student can go get from the table. So there's no stigma about like, I'm going to get like extra food or anything. It's just a communal space for sharing. And that was just really cool to hear because all of the teachers came together and they said, this is something we want to do in partnership as a community. And we're like, yes, right? This is what we want to enable, right? Nowhere in our program is to say, you should do a share table. But they were like, this is what's right for our community. And we were like, I love it. It's great. That's real project-based learning. Like that's what's a real audience. It's relevant to them. Because sometimes with projects, kids are like, well, why are we doing this? But that's real. Like they're, and it's beyond the curriculum. It's something they're remembering that lesson, the reason, the why. That is like what we always hope for when we don't always know how to get there. What's awesome about your guys' stuff is that it's just like a jumping off point for even more lifelong learning and just applying all those skills to their little worlds. And kids love animals. I will say anytime I do anything with animals, they're literally obsessed. You can't go wrong with animals. (laughs) I love animals, so that's probably why I like it too. What's your favorite animal? Oh, uh, my dog for sure. But besides my dog, people know I'm obsessed with my dog, but I love sea lions because they're wet puppies of the ocean. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I haven't heard them described like that before, but that makes perfect sense. I think that's great. Yeah, at SeaWorld, they like do all the tricks and like all the reject ones really still try to do tricks, the ones who aren't in the show. So you can like throw them little treats and they like clap their fins and flippers. They're so cute. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate all of your information. You told us about the free trial. Are there any other resources or things you want teachers to know about by Rock by Rock? And then how can they find you guys? Yeah. So a couple other things that we want folks to know. Project-based learning can be materials intensive. So we try and make sure that the materials are as off the shelf as they can be, easily accessible or affordable so that it's not a huge lift. Worked with a whole bunch of STEM teachers who are on carts. And that can also be tricky. So in some of our teacher's guides, we try and provide, you know, tips like, hey, if you're if you're pushing in for STEM, like here are some things you might think about or some things you might try. And I know STEM teachers on carts are like some of the most innovative people because you just like you have to figure out how to manage stuff in space really well to do that job. So we also try and keep in mind, like, who are the different users and how can we make sure this is going to work for them? We do try and make sure that the materials are accessible. And we also just really want to have a diverse set of experts. So we really try and prioritize finding a balance of gender, a balance of race, a balance of age, a balance of geography, because we want you know to make sure that kids see themselves in the curriculum. So those are two other things I would highlight. You can find us at rockbyrock.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And on our website, there's a support email address is support at rockbyrock.com. And we're you know game to answer any questions that you've got. So you sign up for a free trial and you've got questions, email us. You're thinking about a free trial, but you have questions, email us. You do the project with your class and you'd love to do it with your school, email us, right? Don't be a stranger. Hearing from teachers is one of our favorite things. That's so great. And I know people are going to be reaching out for sure. And all of that will be linked in the show notes. So if you're driving in the car, you don't have to write that all down. It'll be accessible for you along with the Python wrestling the alligator. We'll have that too. (laughs) 
but I appreciate your time so much. I feel like we've like met before. We're just like totally on the same page, which is so like reassuring too, that I'm not going crazy when I'm talking into a microphone by myself. It's so nice to have guests and I could talk about this all day, but I appreciate your time so much. And I'm sure you will be hearing from some of our audience. Thank you. Thank you. And it was great talking. It's so nice to connect with folks when you're like, ah, we're on the same wavelength about what we want to be true for children and for teachers. So thank you. And this was great. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.